2: Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How
1: doers get more done. Welcome back to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. I am Movie Mike on Twitter and Instagram, at Mike DiStro. and this week... We are talking about the worst A-list actors of all time. Now, don't get me wrong. These are all highly successful actors and great in their own respects at what they do. But for some reason online, you look it up and people slam them time after time every time they put out a movie. And I just investigate why I think that they are viewed as being bad actors. Was it bad roles or is it really that they can't act? So I'll get into all that. I... Was inspired by this because I over the weekend I watched a movie called The Way Back with Ben Affleck, and I think he's one of those people that people just kind of see as like, oh, he's not really that great of an actor. So I'll give my review on that, which was the inspiration behind this whole topic this week. And then also, I will be ranking my favorite superhero of all time is Spider Man. So, what I did is I dove in and looked at all eight movies and ranked them by which I think is the worst. And what I think is the best. So if you're looking for a solid binge of diving into all the Spider-Man movies right now, I'll give you which ones to start with and which ones maybe you can skip down the line. But that's what I'm talking about on this week's episode. Thanks everybody for hanging out and joining me every single week. It means so much to me. If you don't mind, while I have you here... Hit that five-star rating. Leave a quick review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts because that helps me out to kind of get exposed out there. And for other people who maybe haven't heard or seen this podcast and are looking for something to listen to right now, with that review that you leave or those five stars, it really helps me kind of pop up there when people are scrolling through to be like, oh, here's a podcast maybe they'll like too. So that helps me out. But what really is even the coolest, cooler than doing that, is telling a friend. Somebody else you know who likes movies Just tell them, hey, there's a cool podcast that I listen to that every week he dives dives into a different kind of movie topic. Maybe you'll enjoy it, too. Like telling a friend really means a lot. So if there's somebody in your life you think would enjoy this and you can maybe talk about it afterwards, hit them up and tell them to check out this podcast. And that means a lot to me. And if you don't want to do any of that, just make sure you're subscribed so you get brand new episodes every single Monday when I put them out and with all that said just hope you guys are staying safe out there staying healthy and maybe this podcast helps you in your commute from the kitchen to the laundry room or something like that hopefully you guys are all doing all right always feel free to tweet me or message me on instagram and without any further ado let's get started in a
2: world where everyone and their mother has a podcast one man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast.
1: Alright, so today we are talking about the worst A-list actors of all time. So, while these actors are successful, you can argue whether or not they are actually good actors based on their performances. And what I'm going to do is go through each of these. And in my opinion, determine whether they are a bad actor or they've been given bad roles. So these are just people who are generally viewed as being bad actors. And what that even means is maybe you see them on the screen and there's just something about their performance that you think, you know, that's not really great acting. That's what kind of people call these people out for. And there's some other ones that I threw in the list that I just... For some reason, I can't picture or think why they are so famous and why they are even considered A-list actors, but yet they put out a movie and everybody knows them, and to me, they just seem as very vanilla. So I kind of classify those people, too, as bad actors, because if they don't do anything particularly well, like, how are they seeing so much success? So I have some of those people on the list, and I'll just get right into it now. One of the actors that people kind of call out the most is Keanu Reeves. And I'm a big Keanu Reeves fan. And I think it's not so much that he is a bad actor. I get sometimes he's a little kind of flat in some ways. But I think Keanu Reeves is more of a style than anything. Like, I think he has his own style to where he takes on a role and it's, like, very Keanu. And at sometimes that's kind of seen as maybe bad acting. But I think he has just developed, like, a whole persona that's kind of him off screen that he takes onto the big screen. So that's kind of, you almost get that same kind of person. So maybe you think that, oh, when he's doing it on the big screen, he's not acting very well. But I thought his performance in the Matrix movies is really what made his, what really kind of people started to think like, oh, he's not that great an actor. But there's some stuff that he's in that's just really. Like, it's still good, and it's not the fact that he's a bad actor. Even, like, in the John Wick movies, like, those movies, they're so action-packed and so just kind of distinct movies, I think he has a particular style to him. So, I don't think Keanu Reeves is a bad actor. I don't even think he has bad roles. I just think he has a very style, like, he has his own style that you can't really replicate, and if you're not into that style, it can be seen as him being a bad actor, but... Just getting that out of the way that I think Keanu Reeves is great, and I love all of his movies, and I love everything he's doing now, and the fact that he has become kind of this kind of pop culture sensation now, I think that's pretty cool. Moving on to another actor who I like, and I defend all the time, but I could kind of see why people would think he is a bad actor. I'm talking about Mark Wahlberg. Now, his most recent movie is that Spencer Confidential movie on Netflix, and in that movie, I can kind of see why he is considered sometimes to be a bad actor. And I think for Mark Wahlberg, more than anything, is that he gets some not great roles. I think more of a him. It's not that he's a bad actor. He gets some bad roles here and there because he is so great at action. And he is so great at like really like dramatic movies. But sometimes he takes on these kind of cheesy... And they're great for what they are, but I think they put him in a pretty bad space. Given one of his worst performances ever was in his Transformers movie that he did, which I was pretty excited to see. I was at a pretty big Mark Wahlberg kick at that time. And to see him kind of in that movie, not really connecting with like the plot of it, not really connecting in that world, and his performance really fell flat in that movie, I can kind of see him just taking on bad roles and kind of... Ruining that image of being a really great actor because he's done some really amazing movies, but he's also done stuff like like Ted and Ted, too, that are more comedic and people think that, oh, that he's kind of that hokey kind of guy, that hokey action guy, which I think Mark Wahlberg is a great actor, but he's also taken on some bad roles. So I would I would still stick him up there with being a great actor, even though sometimes people consider him to be hey maybe not the best. Also making this list is Channing Tatum. And I'm going to go out and say that I think Channing Tatum is a bad actor. Like, everything I've seen him in outside of, like, kind of like Mark Wahlberg. He is a straight on, like, if he does action, he does it well. And when he's not having to do a whole lot of acting, it's kind of in those movies. He's just straight on action. He's being Channing Tatum. He's a ripped up, strong, good looking dude. I think that's fine for what it is. He's a great movie star in that sense. But when it comes to him actually trying to do some acting even like when he's in the 21 drum street movies where he's doing more comedic stuff. I felt he felt so out of place in that movie and it was almost, it was, that movie's funny, but his performance in it isn't really the best. Like the fact that if he wasn't Channing Tatum, that movie wouldn't, wouldn't really hold up. Like the fact that he was already an established a list star when he was in that movie is why that movie works. But his actual performance, I think as a comedic actor, isn't really that good. And, I mean, he does probably the, the rom-com stuff really well. But when it comes to him and his acting abilities, I don't think he's really up there. He hasn't done anything to really prove it. And I think he's not really going to get there. So I would put Channing Tatum as actually being a bad actor. Somebody else who also gets a lot of, I feel, unfair criticism is Kristen Stewart. And mainly it's kind of she falls into that being stereotyped for her role as Bella in the Twilight movies, which is kind of what people make fun of her for, for her acting abilities, where they say she kind of has this default, like, face thing she does, this kind of her mannerisms that kind of get... Like, people do the impression of Kristen Stewart, and they're saying, like, oh, that's really all she can really do. But I felt since those movies, she's done some really great things to kind of show her acting abilities. She was in a movie called Personal Shopper, which I thought was really great. She's also... She also can kind of work in the space of like comedy, rom com that I'm a really big fan of. She was in a movie called Adventureland, which I thought was great. Probably a really underrated movie. She was in that with Jesse Eisenberg. And she also did another movie with Jesse Eisenberg called American Ultra. So I really like her in this kind of action comedic space. But I think she's just been getting in some kind of bad roles because she kind of primarily focuses now on indie movies and like just movies that are more artsy. But then she'll also take a big A-list Hollywood blockbuster like the Charlie's Angels movies, which, like I said, great actress. She took a bad role there. So I think more so with Kristen Stewart, I think she's a great actress. She takes some bad roles here and there. And, I mean, she made so much money off the Twilight movies in the beginning. I think she maybe just kind of does those big A-list blockbusters here and there to kind of, like, Established that oh I am an A-list star but I can go back and doing these really artsy indie films but I think she just really outshines herself and that she is a great actress and sometimes yeah take some bad roles all right in this next section I'm going to put two people on the list and maybe because they're brothers but I feel they're so, just so interchangeable and in kind of the space they work in but it's Luke and Owen Wilson so Luke is the darker haired one and Owen Wilson is the blonde haired one and I feel like Like, I don't know how they kind of got to the level where they are being their acting abilities. I feel like neither of them really had, like, a breakout star role or moment in their career that put them in kind of having this really long, prosperous career in Hollywood. The fact that they're brothers and they've been doing, you know, movies from, like, old school to the Royal Tenenbaums, Bottle Rocket, Wedding Crashers, all these movies throughout their career... And I've never really looked at a movie that they were in and thought, man, you know what? They're a really great actor. I think something with Owen Wilson, his comedic stuff even is like a little bit like you don't even get a grasp of who he is. I just feel like overall they're both kind of boring actors and you watch them because they're there and they've been in some good movies, don't get me wrong like old school, great movie Wedding Crashers, great movie but I feel like you could have put some other really great actors in that and those have been even better movies, it's nothing about them that draws me to watch a movie just because the comedy comes out with Luke or Owen Wilson, it's not going to make me want to watch it, I don't think there's anything that I've ever been like, oh I can't believe the, the Wilson brothers are in this, so I just had to call them out and think, you know what? They're really not that great of actors. And also, how are they so successful? Moving on down the list with, whew, this one's this one's fun just because he's such a weird dude. And I think that's kind of what people call him out for on being a bad actor. And, and I want to talk about Nicolas Cage for a second because in the 90s, Nicolas Cage was kind of as big as he was ever going to get. And I love some Nicolas Cage movies face off. And the fact that, He is just so kind of outrageous in his personal life and also with his performance as an actor. I think he sometimes takes things over the top. He was in some really great movies early in his career where I think he really showed that, like, unlike the Wilson brothers, he had his breakout moments then. And then later down the line, maybe took some bad roles here and there and just kind of some questionable performances on his part. But I think the thing about Nicolas Cage is that he's so crazy and outrageous and the things he does in his movies are so kind of weird. And he has this weird way that he talks and just this whole crazy thing about him. I don't think it's so much that he's a bad actor, kind of like Keanu Reeves. He just has this style to him. And whether it's him with long, flowy hair playing a guy from the South in Con Air, which... When I first saw that movie, it was just so ridiculous, and his accent and that was so just weird. I I almost thought that movie was like a parody movie of something else. Like, the first time I watched Con Air, I thought it was a parody, like, of another kind of action movie. But I was like, oh, no, this is is the real thing. Like, this is the one. And I love him for that role. And even in stuff like National Treasure, where he's a little over the top. And even the plot of that movie is him stealing the the declaration of independence. Okay. That's already weird enough. And Nicholas cage doing that is a bit weird. So I just, I like Nicholas cage. I think he has a charm to him and he's even doing some really weird stuff now that I think he kind of buys into that kind of persona about him. So I don't think he's a bad actor. I think he's taken some bad roles, probably a lot. And it's probably because He's spending a lot of money buying rare artifacts off online and he needs to get dozen rolls So just to fulfill his, I don't know, crazy rare egg collection that he has going on, but probably a super weird dude outside of his movies, but I don't think he's a bad actor. Next up on my list is Kevin Costner. Now I feel like Kevin Costner has had a really long career in Hollywood and has never really moved the needle in any other way. I feel like he's a very safe actor and The fact that he is such a household name in a movie, like Kevin Costner, you just associate that with being in movies. And I just never really had anything that drew me to watch a Kevin Costner movie. Be it Dances with Wolves, Fields of Dreams, or The Bodyguard, I just don't think there's anything to Kevin Costner outside of him being just a movie star. I just don't think there's anything compelling to him. There's nothing that really stands out, and he kind of just gets by on just being in mediocre Movies after having some early success in his career. I just feel like everything he is in is kind of cookie cutter and it's kind of like he's never the first pick for a movie. It's always like they want Brad Pitt or they want Will Smith, but you know what? We could get Kevin Costner at a pretty good rate, so let's hire him. I just feel like that's who Kevin Costner is and that's the kind of role he plays. All right, I got a few more here that I'm going to run through. And this next one is somebody who I feel is arguably a great actor, but now has just really taken a downward spiral to It's like, is it possible to lose your acting ability? And I'm talking about Johnny Depp. Now, Johnny Depp has been in some amazing movies, and it's without a doubt that he's a really talented person, and he's really just probably one of the greatest actors of our lifetime. But over the last... I would argue 10 years, it's just been bomb after bomb for him. And and it's not even so much the movie roles he's been given, but also his performance as an actor. And I wonder if maybe you can lose it as an actor, say like a musician can kind of get to where the trend changes and they can't really adapt and they can no longer produce hits. It's a bit different in acting to where as long as you're a good actor and you're given great roles, you can act until, up until you're 80. But with Johnny Depp, I feel it's like he's not even drying anymore. I feel like everything after Pirates of the Caribbean, he just kind of been getting by by his name rather than his performances. And the fact that the people still put him kind of in big movies, it's kind of knowing that, man, you're about to put Johnny Depp in a movie because of his name. You're going to pay him so much money, but you're going to end up losing just that much more. And I just think he doesn't have it anymore. So I would just say Johnny Depp, bad actor now. All right, I got a couple left here, and I want to get to Arnold Schwarzenegger because I feel like he kind of fits in this unique space because I don't think we ever expected Arnold Schwarzenegger to be a great actor. Now, the guy came from Austria several years ago, like years and years ago, and he basically learned English to be in movies, to be Conan the Barbarian, and he could barely get lines down, but he was just this really strong unique looking guy that he had to be an action star. He was destined to be an action star and that's what he does well. So while he might not be a great actor, what space he works in so well is that he is entertaining to watch on screen. And at the end of the day, movies are supposed to be entertaining. So just because you're a bad actor doesn't mean you can't make entertaining movies. So don't get this whole list kind of wrong that I'm like dogging on people of not being great actors because looking at their numbers, they're super successful and people know them. So they're obviously doing something right. And with, in movies, when people kind of criticize movies for, you know, people's acting abilities, it's a little strange because it was like, Oh, but that movie still made millions and millions of dollars. How are you going to call them out for being a bad actor? They might be a bad actor, but what we watch movies for is for entertainment. I would also kind of put Adam Sandler in this kind of space of maybe he's not the best actor, although I did think he showed and kind of proved people wrong in Uncut Gems and even in some of his other dramatic movies. But his movies are often viewed as being just, they get really bad reviews and critics just hate on him. But those movies exist because they're entertaining to people. You don't have to go into a movie every single time wanting to be blown away by the storyline, wanting to be blown away by you know, the performances or the cinematography. Sometimes you just want to sit down, turn your brain off and laugh at Adam Sandler for making up this ridiculous character. And I would kind of throw Adam Sandler on this list too. I don't think he's a bad actor. I think Adam Sandler was a comedic genius back in the 90s when he was doing Billy Madison, when he was doing Happy Gilmore. And I think he kind of kept doing that now. And maybe we kind of caught up with like, oh, he's still doing that and now we're going to, talk crap about him because we don't like the thing we liked him for back in the 90s no like he's entertaining he makes entertaining movies maybe they're not for everyone but that's all right so that's just what I got to say about those types of actors and just saying you can be a bad actor and still have a successful career I'm not gonna dog on you for it I'm just gonna put you in a list on a podcast so (laughs) that's all right and finally, I have to get to Ben Affleck, is kind of the reason I was inspired to do this list in the beginning, because I watched a brand new movie starring Ben Affleck called Way Back, which I'll get into a full review after this, but he is often viewed as being not a great actor, and I kind of have some thoughts after watching this last movie, and I'll kind of give what I thought about him before and what I think about him now. I think Ben Affleck has taken some pretty bad roles, and it's been pretty apparent he's arguably in one of the worst movies of all time, GLE, with Jennifer Lopez. And now he hasn't really done much to get it back in recent years. He's done some really great movies like The Town, Argo, great performances from him, which I think it kind of shows you that he can do that, and he can be that kind of actor. But then he's done stuff like Batman vs. Superman, which arguably one of the most hated Batman castings of all time, and I think with that one, it just kind of shows that Ben Affleck has taken some bad roles. And it's, without a doubt, you know, the Ben Affleck, his name carries a lot to it. And whether you agree or not that he's a great actor, he is that type of person that I would watch a movie because he's in it. And even now, he doesn't do a whole lot. I think where people give Ben Affleck crap is that they say his kind of performance never really stands out in the movies that he kind of falls into other movies like Goodwill Hunting or Gone Girl, where it's more so the movie itself than it has Ben Affleck. But I, I I would disagree with that. I think that he has a unique style to him that can go either way sometimes. But I think his acting ability alone will make me want to watch a movie. Actually made me want to watch The Way Back, which I'm just going to get into that review now because I kind of have more to say on Ben Affleck. So take a quick break and then I'll get into that review next. (laughs)
0: Go to Nix.com. That's kni Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works
1: All right, going to get into my review now of The Way Back, starring Ben Affleck. So Ben Affleck plays this character who was a big star on his high school basketball team back in the day, and now he's a construction worker and an alcoholic, and you kind of learn throughout the movie what got him to this kind of dark place in his life, but where you find him is he gets asked to be the head coach of a struggling basketball team at a Catholic school After their coach suffers a heart attack and he kind of battles with, okay, should I go back and do this? Should I go back and play basketball again? Basically, because I haven't done it since high school. So that's the kind of setup of this movie. We'll get into the review. But first, here's a little bit of the way back. Our basketball coach had a heart attack the other night. We need a new coach, Jack.
2: And you know your gifts seem heaven sane. Is the team any good?
1: No. The last time they made the
2: playoffs, back when you were playing.
1: First of all, let me start off this review with saying that it's not a feel good movie. So if you're looking for something right now to make you feel good, this movie is not going to do it. It's pretty sad. There's some pretty sad low parts, and mainly through Ben Affleck's performance in this. So, kind of what I was talking about earlier, of if he is a bad actor or not. And in this movie, I felt there was maybe some cheesy parts of his acting that was kind of apparent just mainly because sometimes in movies where they kind of over tell the story a little bit where they want to tell every little detail and have every kind of moment wrapped up in there. There's stuff that you just don't need to say. Sometimes there's a scene in particular where he's like yelling at a player on the team. And then it's just kind of a weird exchange where I think it's maybe a little bit cheesy, but I don't think it really holds anything to him being a bad actor. I think he actually does a pretty good job in this movie. And what I liked about this is that it does get kind of deep into it of his character and his struggle with alcohol, and it's kind of crazy to kind of see that like it, it goes pretty dark on that end, and it doesn't really let up from that. And what he kind of does in this movie is he's coaching these boys throughout the day, and then at night he just pretty much goes and just gets drunk, and then he'll come back in and kind of coach the team throughout. And I think it's really strong in the beginning, kind of showing that dramatic side of it and his interactions with the players. And it kind of really has a really promising beginning. And then I think maybe in the middle, it goes to a little bit formulaic where you kind of know what's going to happen. About halfway through, I could kind of predict how it was going to end. But what I think you don't expect is the story of actually what got him to be there. And it was even like a quick little moment where they kind of lead like little foreshadowing moments to kind of describe what happened to him in his life. And what, you know, made him turn like this and what made him drink so much and what made him kind of not want to be what he once was. So I think this movie is I, I, I would say it's pretty okay. The fact that I could watch it at my house For about 6 bucks, made it a lot easier. If I would have paid that $20 price they had on when it first came out, I think I would have been a little upset. But I think right now, if you're looking for something new to watch, something kind of dramatic and something with a unique kind of story, maybe a little bit formulaic, a little bit cliche at times, I think it's pretty good. I would give it 3.5 out of 5 basketballs. And it's mainly because I like seeing Ben Affleck in this. I like seeing him be that kind of character and in it he plays, he looks a little bit different too. Like he's a little more like beefed up Ben Affleck, which I thought was kind of cool to see. And throughout the movie, it's just kind of funny at times where essentially how I kind of describe this movie is Ben Affleck getting drunk, yelling a bunch of curse words and then some basketball. That's kind of what this movie is. And I think that's fine. I think it's entertaining. I think it's a little bit sad and even some parts in there, it's not really cry worthy, sad, but it's just kind of a darker story to tell. So overall, I think Ben Affleck is actually a pretty good actor. He's done some really great movies that I like. Argo was probably my favorite of his. And also Gone Girl is really great. So I think he's a good actor. Just kind of takes some bad roles here and there. But I think he's also an actor who can carry a movie, which pretty much it's all him in this one. So for that, I gotta give a shout out to Ben Affleck. Maybe didn't work out with him as Batman, but in this movie, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust,
2: certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best
1: interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. All right, I want to try another new thing out on the podcast where I rank an entire series of movies. So this week I'm going to do Spider-Man because there have been eight different spider-man movies and kind of have their own different incarnations and some hit some high points some really great ones and then some also hit some kind of low points so i want to go through and talk about where they got stuff wrong where they got stuff right and kind of my favorites and all this and i think the unique thing about spider-man and why he's my favorite superhero is because unlike maybe a batman or maybe a superman which are kind of known as the bigger ones i think he just has a more unique story and a more kind of classic contrast of it being funny and also really action-packed which i think batman doesn't have that and superman doesn't have that i think superman is a pretty flat character to be getting like in movies like i think superman as a movie like i feel like the superman storyline in movies just hasn't really been told in a great way so i feel like he goes right out the window batman is a bit different but that's such a the way batman was then right was so dark and just so kind of in its own unique world that I feel like when you put Spider Man into there, you can kind of go with the dark red a little bit, but you can also go the really comedic, just action-filled part of him, which I think which makes him my favorite superhero. So, now before I get into this list, just know that where I stand on this is I love. Pretty much every Spider-Man movie. So I'm already rating these as my favorite movies. I don't feel like there's been one that's just been completely awful. So I already hold these to a whole different standard when it comes to superhero movies because Spider-Man is my favorite. But I feel like sometimes they got things wrong or in some cases I was particularly let down with the way they decided to do things. So I'm going to start with number eight and I'm putting... The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which came out in 2014. Now, this is Andrew Garfield playing Spider-Man for the second time. And the reason I was really let down in this movie is because the introduction of Jamie Foxx in this, which I thought was kind of cool, he was playing Electro. And how kind of a minor villain that kind of came out to be was underwhelming. And I think the whole dynamic between Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone in this never really got anywhere for me because they were dating at the time and I feel like that relationship didn't really translate to any chemistry on screen. And I just felt with these Amazing Spider-Man movies, there was so much kind of going on in them that they never really truly found their charm. They were kind of trying to get back to like the original kind of comic book character, I guess, of Spider-Man because they were calling the Amazing Spider-Man like was, you know, when he first came out. But yet, like the only real difference they did instead of... Emma Watson playing Mary Jane Parker, she was playing Gwen Stacy, Was just I felt ended up being confusing for people. And I felt in this one, the fact that I was just so let down by Jamie Foxx in this, that I had to put it as the worst one and easily the most forgettable. At number seven, I got to give it to Spider-Man 3. Now, it's really hard to do a trilogy and have the third movie be great. And I think Spider-Man just really dropped the ball in this one. And I think kind of going back... You go back and watch it and kind of see how cringy it was, which I didn't really feel that at the time. I was a lot younger then, and I just felt like, well, that wasn't very great. Now, it wasn't the emo dance scene that lost it for me. What did it in for me was that Venom was introduced into this movie, and Venom is arguably one of the best comic book villains of all time. Now, he's just this really creepy, crazy villain that I love from like the cartoon and the video games and he just looks awesome and when I knew he was going to be in this movie it made me want to go see this kind of how I was underwhelmed with Jamie Foxx in Spider-Man the Amazing Spider-Man 2 in this one they really just glossed over Venom and you have essentially Eric Forbin from that 70s show out of nowhere becoming Venom and it's at, like a very quick part at the end of the movie and then it's gone. So I felt like that was just really overlooked and just had nothing to do with it. And was really the only reason I kind of was interested in this one at this point. And I felt that mixed in with just the overall weirdness of the movie. It just kind of didn't really have the charm as the other one. Still a decent superhero movie, but just really kind of lost it in the end. At number six, I have to put The Amazing Spider-Man from 2012. Now, I felt it wasn't a bad movie. I actually like Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. But I think the reason people don't like this one as much is because it was such a quick reboot from the original 2002 Spider-Man. It just felt so quick. Like 10 years later, they're just doing the same movie again. They didn't really change the story much. Aside from a few kind of different details in his origin story, they're really just kind of chasing the same thing here. And I think it was just too soon to do a reboot for Spider-Man that audiences and people, even like me, who are big fans of it, weren't really seeing anything completely different to kind of buy into this. And another thing that kind of went on with this is they were trying to really make there was a big petition to make Spider-Man so different. The fact that they were rebooting it so soon, they were like, oh, we'll make them different. And there was even like a campaign for a minute online to get Donald Glover, who is Childish Gambino. Like, have him play Spider-Man, like have somebody different completely do it just to make it a bit different. And then the fact that they went with Andrew Garfield and kind of did the same movie again is, I think, why people didn't really buy into this whole two rebooted movies. So, again, not really a bad movie. I just felt it didn't really change anything. At number five, I'm going to put Spider-Man 2 from 2004. Toby Maguire here is a great one. I just think I wasn't that big a fan of Doc Ock. And in the first one, you had Green Goblin, which was such a great character. And then here you have another kind of crazy scientist again. I didn't particularly love it. I also didn't really like how Harry and Peter Parker's kind of relationship played out in this movie. Again, a really great sequel. Like the fact that the first one was so big and this one kind of stayed on par, if not got better than that. I just think it didn't really have the original charm as the first one. But again, still a great Spider-Man movie here. At number four, getting into my really favorites of all of these now, I put Spider-Man Homecoming from 2017. And I feel like this is really where they got Spider-Man right in the reboots. Where they kind of had Andrew Garfield just be the same thing as Tobey Maguire. Here you have Tom Holland. And they make him a lot younger. They make him kind of funnier. And they really kind of get that essence of Spider-Man down here where the charm that Spider-Man had in the cartoon and in even like in the video games is that he is like really wisecracking and kind of funny. And I think that's kind of what they got right here by making him younger and in high school and the fact that he's just so thrilled by everything and the fact that him being a superhero is just so crazy to even him. Like, it really makes the movies a lot funner and enjoyable to watch. And another thing is that they got away from the origin story of his uncle dying, which I think kind of made Peter Parker seem very emo. While it is a tragic event, over time it just kind of is like, oh, this is the same thing happening over and over again. And we don't really want to see that anymore. We don't need that origin story. We just need to know, like, okay, this is him. This is what he's doing. He's Spider-Man. He's in high school. And it's fun. And I think this is where they got it right. So then also, I'm going to go straight into number three, is where I put Spider-Man Far From Home, which came out last year. And I think that one really took it a step up mainly because it came right after the last Avengers movie, which was such a big movie and had such a dramatic ending that this was kind of the fallout rollout of that movie, of the continuation of that, which I think hit pretty hard just how this movie kind of started. But given that, it also came in to be a really great movie on its own and one that I'm really just kind of excited to see now where they take it because it kind of leaves you, if you haven't seen it, on a cliffhanger of what's to kind of come with the new Spider-Man movies. And I think this one just has really great action in it. And with that, you kind of see Tom Holland in a whole different category of superhero movie because he's just so great at what he does and he makes Spider-Man be kind of so fun and relatable again that the movie just kind of has almost the same charm as the Avengers movie, but he can do that on his own. And I think it's kind of what made us love Tobey Maguire in the early movies so much that it's back there again. And even so much now that the CGI and the graphics and all the action is even better, I think Tom Holland has a chance to break the curse of the Superman. I think Tom Holland actually has a chance to break the curse of making an actually good trilogy to a superhero movie. Spider-Man could have do it back in the day. Iron Man hasn't been able to do it. I think this third Spider-Man movie will break that curse. At number two is one maybe not a whole lot of people have seen, and I don't know why, because maybe sometimes people just don't give animated movies a chance because you think, oh, it's animated, it's for kids. Not true with this movie, and it's a movie that came out in 2018. It's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is actually on Netflix now if you want to watch it, but... I think the reason people love this one so much is because how detailed this movie is. And it's not just a great movie on its own with the storyline, which is really great and really just nothing that's been told in a Spider-Man movie before. It's this whole kind of world. But outside of that story alone, visually, it's pretty amazing. Like The animation in this is a whole step forward into a whole different kind of genre of movie. And it's something you've never really seen before. But it also has all the elements of what make a Spider-Man movie great. It has the comedy, and then it has the twist and everything inside of it with the villains. It's just a really fun movie to watch. And just the fact that it's animated doesn't mean that it's just for kids. (laughs) I think they use animation as a tool to make things possible that wouldn't be possible in a live-action movie. And it takes you into this kind of whole different world that you couldn't really get from an Avengers movie. And I think that's kind of why it's been so critically acclaimed and why it actually won an Oscar for a best animated feature. But don't let the fact that it's a quote unquote cartoon keep you from watching this one because I loved it when I saw it in theaters. Loved it again when I rewatched it at home. So if you haven't seen this one, highly recommend it. That's why I put it at number two. And at number one, would it really be a list if I didn't put the OG Spider-Man from 2002, the one that really started it all for me at number one? Now I remember watching this movie back in the day as a kid and thinking, wow, this is going to be the way and the standard that movies are going to be held to for a while. And it's kind of where you started to see that shift of superhero movies really being a thing because back in the early 2000s, you had X-Men kind of taking on that first wave of like everybody buying into the fact that superhero movies could be mainstream. And Spider-Man took that and shattered all expectations with that of just crushing it at the box office being such a big hit. And I think the reason is because this one's kind of classic and it was the best telling of not only his origin story, but also with the, the villain of the Green Goblin, the love story with Mary Jane. It just had all these elements that people could relate to that weren't necessarily comic book fans. You didn't have to really understand the entire superhero world, which I felt later with the Avengers movies, you kind of had to watch all those to kind of get what was going on inside this world. I think this movie kind of stands alone in that. And I think everything's kind of done just in a really classic way from the actual Spidey suit in this to him learning his abilities and him kind of really coming into being Spider-Man. And I think it was just such a big pop culture moment in the early 2000s that it really kind of put Spider-Man and superhero movies on the map. It has funny moments. It has really kind of dark moments, even the action with like Green Goblin and Aunt May of him kind of like terrorizing her and kind of really getting to the core of what a great superhero movie is from being down there. Like there's no way he's going to defeat this villain to kind of rising up and being Spider-Man. So I think it's the best telling of the Spider-Man story. It still holds up visually to the standards of today And I just think what it was as a movie on its own in that time and how it kind of just from the soundtrack to everything just shattering like what the culture was at that time. I just think I have to put this one at number one as being the best Spider-Man movie and just still holds up as being my favorite. So that has been my list of ranking all the Spider-Man movies. Let me know what's your favorite. And if you haven't seen any of these i would highly recommend probably if you had to watch one that you haven't seen i would have to go with into the Spider Verse, just because it's pretty recent and that one i think could actually make you feel good right now so check that one out and that has been this list all right and that's the episode for this week but before i go i gotta give my shout out and this week i'm going over to instagram to at britney Lee Goretta on Instagram who tagged me when she was listening to last week's episode on Monday and said, Oh my gosh, love this podcast. I loved a goofy movie. I just rewatched it on Disney plus this weekend. Thank you so much for your great movie knowledge. No, thank you for listening to this podcast. I was talking about that on my underrated movie of the, la- of the week last week. If you missed that and all you have to do to get an Instagram shout out or a Twitter shout out is just tag me that you're listening to the podcast if you want to hit me on your Instagram story, just tag me at Mike D. and I'll pick some of those to repost it throughout the week and then give you a shout out on next week's episode. If you have a suggestion of a topic you think I should cover, you can always tweet me or message me on Instagram or also send me an email. It's moviemiked at gmail.com. I'll check all those emails over there. And until next week, I will talk to you guys later.
2: So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be
1: a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.
2: You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. (sighs) If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.